0: Hey there, welcome to the show. So, I guess uh, some of you might be heading towards the CNE as the summer comes to an end. Wow, I, I just can't believe it. Summer's already gone. You know, we're looking down the the beginning of September and, you know, it makes me think, you know, what should we do? Hey, guess what? I got a perfect thing we can do. It's called the Real Estate Talk Triangle. That's right. We do it at the end of every single month. And my panel is joining me um, always. It's been wonderful having them. Tim Siriano is broker owner of Remax Ultimate and we've got dave butler joining us from bm select so they're going to be joining me in a couple minutes but i do want to talk to you just briefly um you know what if you want to reach out to me at the simpleinvestor.com no problem we've got an incredible new release that's out and by the way it gives you positive cash flow even with the increase of the interest rates and uh in about a week or two i'm going to announce our new seminar coming our way this fall that's right we're uh, we're opening up our new studio to the public and we're going to start off with a new seminar we're going to be focusing on how you get through increased interest rates and where is the best place still to buy you know what? Don't be afraid of it. It's uh, it's a real positive thing that's out there. But I do want to talk to you about what's going on in the media and, you know, a lot of the reports out there. I I, I got to tell you, as you know, I get pretty riled up. I'm getting a little bit tired of some of the reports, misreporting, not giving you the right accurate numbers, people using you know percentages that are actually only based on volume, not on the actual price itself. So there's so much fear mongering going on right now in the marketplace and everybody wants to make the sky fall, but you know what, it's not. And and I always ask one very important question to everyone when we start talking about interest rates. So let's say tomorrow the interest rates go up by 1%. Why is the brick and mortar of your home any different in price today than it is tomorrow? So why does that one interest rate number, why does that make such a huge significant change if you don't plan on selling? And so this is one of those things that a lot of people, guess what? You know what? Put it on the back burner. You know what? Don't give in to temptation and try to bail out. Because in most cases, most people are in great shape when it comes down to their mortgage. You know, um, right now with the stress test that's been in place for the last several years, it's actually helped people understand where interest rates could have gone. So majority of people have actually qualified for where the interest rates are going. So these are the kind of things... You know, here that we're going to address uh, on the show, but most importantly, you know, it's uh, it's my pleasure now because I do want to introduce my my guests, my panelists. You know, my friends have been part of the show for many, many years. I've got Tim Sirianos from Remax Ultimate, a broker owner, a former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board, and Dave Butler from BM Select joining me. And gentlemen, welcome to the show.
1: My pleasure and uh, all jealous vibes coming from this this side here. I wish I was actually in studio. I saw that thing, uh, what was it, about a week and a half ago, and uh, that's quite the office you got going there, Todd.
0: Well, thanks so much. And, and, you know, it, it's going to be exciting. Cause I think that we'll be able to have great conversations and bring in more guests as time goes on. And of course, we're going to be using the studio here for seminars, which uh, Tim, you know, you know, I've talked about, you know, getting people in, in play. And it seems like if we can get off to a good start here, we're going to talk about the market. Dave, I'm going to have you weigh in in a minute, but I need, I need Tim to vent a little right now because I got to tell you every single week I'm getting so sick and tired of these headlines Tim, they're really trying to beat up the industry, quite frankly, um, I just don't buy it. Maybe you can tell us what's going on.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, the media has to do their job. They're they're getting mixed, their reports and their headlines are what make people read newspapers and uh, actually go online and read their uh, reporting. Uh, But I think Mark Twain said it best, if you want to be uninformed, don't read the newspaper. And if you want to be misinformed, you know, read the newspaper, right? (laughs) So this is what I'm trying to say here is not that they're not doing a great job, but, you know, going down to the grassroots and speaking to the professional in down in the trenches, doing it day in, day out is key. And what I want to really share with, um, you know, with us here today and everybody listening is, you know, mark my words, um, what I'm going to share with you right now, you're not going to know for at least 30 to 45 days from now. Um, but in the last two weeks, we've been seeing nothing but, uh, very busy, uh, open houses, uh, 30, 40, 50 people coming through actual open houses. Yes, they are being done again. Um, you know, something that was completely on pause during the, uh, the pandemic and people questioning if there's ever even any value in them. Uh, but not to get off topic. Here's something, which is really interesting. We've been involved in countless sales in the past two weeks with multiple offers. Wow. So we are watching the uh, inventory of real estate go up in the first while in the summertime. Um, and then all we've been watching, even when I was away overseas and I came back, I was watching the market from afar. And when I came back, I dove deep into our sales stats uh, watching day by day what's going on. And we watched the inventory start to plummet. So as that's happening um, now we're seeing, um, People, uh, consumers are starting to uh, have adjusted to this new environment right now. They're realizing that these rates are what they are. Um, They're banking on rates coming down. Sorry, I'm not going to go into Dave's domain. And um, they're actually really getting out there and shopping. And we've actually seen multiple offers.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the things that uh, we're fortunate to have is uh, different guests come to the show. And I was talking to Benjamin Tall Uh, chief economist there at CIBC World Markets uh, last week. And he did say, you know, we can anticipate another rise in interest rates. But the one thing that he did indicate was the fact that we got such low inventory that there are still people that have to buy. And this this is where I think that the media is really missing the point that, you know, we've got people that need to be able to, like, move on, move out. They perhaps have sold their house. You know, they're sitting on a ton of equity. They're trying to buy something else. And I, I think the whole perception that's been given, Tim, is the fact that, you know, the sky is falling. And, I mean, if we take a look at the numbers, you know, year over year, you know, August is, is down at the most 1% in value. I mean, that's a hiccup. That's that's just, you know, a non-busy weekend. Or, for that matter, we were just, you know, a little bit lower price houses selling as opposed to some of the big stuff.
2: So, what I've always said when we've come together is that history may not repeat itself, but it definitely rhymes. And you have to look back to the biggest, you know, adjustment we've had in the market, which was 2017 when, you know, I was president of TREV, president of TREV yeah. and uh, you know, we've always joked that if you want values to come down, reelect me to become, you know, president again. <laughs> but um, you know, the, the, the new policies came in uh, from the government and there was a tremendous adjustment in the marketplace. And it's taken four years, you know, for those prices to come back to the peak of 2017. So if you think about that, if, if while we're talking about the sky's not falling, the reality is if you're waiting for the prices of February, you're gonna be waiting a long time. Yeah. Um, but if you eliminate that span, those five months of the marketplace, where, where the, you know, the, you know, the inexpensive borrowing costs that were in place, you know, that inflamed the marketplace, if you were to, to remove that segment of what we went through and you look at, as you said, August, September, whoever is going to enter the marketplace right now is actually going to have the benefit of the appreciation over the next four months, uh, four years, sorry, right. is what I meant. And, um, you have to look at history, not as right, uh, not as repeating, but rhyming. And this is what's really important about our conversation right now and not just the media headlines, which confuses people.
0: Yeah. Dave, you know, uh, Tim makes some great points there. So I don't want to talk about interest rates quite yet, but I do want to talk about volume. And, you know, one of the measuring tapes I've always seen uh, is, you know, working with you and and your gang at BM Select, and, and really it's the flow of deals coming through. You know, are we starting to see a little bit of, you know, pickup in the market with new deals coming across your table?
1: Well, it's funny. I was, (laughs) I was waiting to see if Tim was going to say anything because I didn't want to be the guy to say it, but this week and last week, we definitely saw an uptick. Um, there were more purchase agreements came in on this Monday. That's traditionally uh, a big day for agreements to come in. There's agreements that get signed over the weekends and we wake up to them on Mondays, start processing them. Um, it was definitely a little alarming in that we were expecting, if anything, I actually prepped my team to say, look, it's going to be a really dead week. This is going to be the last week people are going to take their kids away on vacations and then get ready to go back to school, but it was actually the opposite. We've actually seen quite a bit of activity, and uh, I thought it might have just been us, or maybe it was just a misnomer, but it's interesting to hear Tim say the same. We are seeing a slight uptick as well from what was really the summer doldrums you know, that we saw here in 2022.
0: Well, I mean, and we we should talk about that for a second because, you know, one of the things that, you know, in the real estate and mortgage industry, we've always seen that kind of slowdown through the summer and, you know, going through COVID and the pandemic, you know, we kind of miss that part of the market. Tim, do you feel that we, you know, like as, as Dave said and, and, and you did, um, we kind of are now back going into the market a little bit early, in fact. Normally, you know, it's, you know, September long weekend, you know, you start seeing people roll into your office, you know, mid-September saying, hey, I'm back.
2: So, you know, I've always joked, um, you know, with our own team at the office, it's it's quite interesting. The importance of a realtor to the overall economy is understated. Um, there are people too, everyone who's listening, right? Yeah, yeah. They have families, they want to take a holiday as well. Uh, I, I think that a lot of people, you know, may not realize that, you know, we do pay, uh, play an integral part in the market. And if people are, are taking their holidays and vacationing, uh, especially after being locked down and not being able to travel until you know, this year, realistically, um, more freely, uh, people took advantage of that. And so did realtors. And now people are coming back and they are adjusting to the new rate environment. They're fully aware that, you know, there's going to be another increase. They're being educated on that. And I'm sure Dave will comment on that as as well as you will, Todd. But, um, you know, people are starting to focus on the fall market already. And it is a little bit earlier than normal. Yeah. Hey, listen, Dave, we're
0: going to go to a quick break, but I do want to get your take on what Tim just talked about. And folks, when we come back from the break, I've got more with Tim Sirianos and Dave Butler. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this and welcome back if you're just tuning in this part of our show every single month it's called the real estate talk triangle and joining me uh none other than the owner of remax ultimate broker owner tim sirianos former president of the toronto real estate board and i've got dave butler yeah he's away but he's he's you know queued in to us and uh, dave is the owner of bm select and um, guys uh, just so you know um, we are uh, we are going live from our studio here. And Tim, um, just before break, you and I were talking about obviously the slowdown. Um, that most of the time, the cyclical part of real estate, as you mentioned, you know, uh, realtors are humans too. <laughs> they, they they are people too. They have families. Dave, you know, um, Tim makes a great point, and and I would imagine in the mortgage mortgage industry, you kind of follow suit. You know, you're pretty much toe to toe with realtors. Yeah, we're kind of just really, in
1: in essence, a bit of a maybe month to two months behind because obviously the real estate agents are getting us the deals and then we're working them during the time until closing. So usually August is a pretty big closing month for us. But as to your point, it's not traditionally been a huge new lead and new deal month. Uh, As you guys say, you know, it's funny. I was talking to one of my colleagues the other day about this and we were kind of marveling the fact that There really has been no cyclical changes, you know, with respect to real estate and mortgages since probably May of 2020. You know, we always expect that end of the year kind of dip, you know, which is normal. I mean, there's there shouldn't be people shouldn't be buying, you know, out buying uh, houses, you know, when it's minus 30 degrees. I mean, some people do when they have to. But the reality is we never had that end of the year, beginning of the year dip into 2020 and 2021. And of course, 2021 was just a rocket ship to Mars and went crazy. And we kind of got, again, same thing, November, December, January, February, very, very busy. So it's funny to me that we, you know, everyone's, Saying, well, this big slowdown is happening in the summer when it's supposed to be busy. No, I think we're starting to maybe get back to the cyclical, um, you know, ways in which this industry works. And uh, I'm interested to see certainly what the end of the year. I, th- I think, I think, you know, when I sit and I look at it, I really am pinpointing, you know, October, November, December as to be really interesting months to see. And more importantly, I think we may see the media just jump on like crazy with regards to the units being down from year over year. But the reality is, again. We didn't see any type of cyclical slowdown or seasonal slowdown that we normally see. And I think that that skewed the numbers quite a bit. And it will be interesting kind of finishing off the year and then going into 2023 and seeing how those numbers work out.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting because, you know, in February of this year, we all know that that's what a lot of people deem to be the peak. Right, Tim? And. You know, it was kind of that last ditch effort that everybody was scrambling, low interest rates, everything. And 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 basically, you know, we watched values go up 5% in one month. But now that's the new measuring tape. And, and, and you know, I find it difficult. And I always talk to people about this. I find it difficult to always measure a market by a blip. You know, like, you know, we can have run ups. You can have a 10, 15% increase as we have in some of these marketplaces, but it could take a year to get there. But when you have this crazy, crazy one month attitude that comes out of nowhere, you know, I, I just wish people would stop using that as the measuring tape to be all measuring tapes, right? And, and, and I think, Tim, you know, that's one of those things that if you've got sellers, you know, if they, all they're going to do is quote to you February, I mean, come on, that, that, that's not realistic.
2: We're still having that. We're still having people quoting February uh, quite a bit in March, and, and wondering how long they need to wait. And as I said earlier, it's going to be four years. Yeah. So if you're going to, um, you know, if you've had a baby, getting married, you know, divorced, somebody passes, some you know job relocation, you're going to buy or sell. You're not going to wait four years. Like it's not going to happen. No. People people who are actually going to wait are the ones who don't have anywhere to go. They're maybe they own a second property or. Uh, or maybe they're leaving the marketplace altogether um, for retirement reasons and relocating outside of the province or outside of the city. But for the most part, uh, people are going to start transacting. They've always have. Um, They're being guided right now to eliminate that February out, you know, just again, year, you got to look at the year and not the month. The month is a scary, I mean, we've gotten to the point where, you know, we call it you know, Google RE, right? Like not even Google MD where you're literally <laughs> looking on online every single day as if, you know, real estate is a, um, you know, a dollar exchange or something, a you know, a and that's, and that's just not, it's not the place to be. Right. Like you need to, you know, look at the market and ask yourself, why am I buying? What's going on in my life? Is it the right time for me to buy today and not look at it from just from the financial standpoint. And uh, again, let us step on Dave's toes. You know, $1.6 million with 20% down at 2% interest rate or 1.2 with 20% down with a 4% interest rate. It's probably pretty similar, right? So you're, you need to look at, uh, the opportunity you have right now to, to see why you're buying, what's right for you, size, location. Um, you know, speak specifically to a professional who knows that market and that area. That's very, very important. I've always said that throughout my entire career and, um, and then make the decision based on those. That information yeah
0: you know you know dave tim makes some great points and you know when you take a look at the market itself and and you start talking about the numbers you know you as a as a mortgage specialist you got to tell people and, and give them the best advice and one of the things that people are I, I i think they forget is they've got some they've got some tools in their bags to be able to make things affordable even with the increase in the interest rates you know, you've got you can play with amortizations, skipping payments, you know, put mo- extra money down. So can you kind of coach our, our listeners a little bit on this this current situation?
1: Yeah, it was it was interesting. I, I would say to you that running into, you know, this this end of the year and beginning of the year run up that we saw, um, it was kind of interesting. We were seeing some clients asking about lower amortizations, and that's obviously because the interest rates were so low. Um, people were actually, and, and as we saw, a lot of people had some built up savings and a lot of people thought they could afford more. Um, but these days, obviously what we're doing is when we're running the numbers, you know, those lower amortizations with these new rates are just not as affordable. And so certainly we're having a lot of clients stretch it, stretch out the amortizations so that we can get that payment to them an affordable zone. Um, one of the more recent things that I was just working on with a client, it was the renewal. Um, great family. They bought Their home five years ago, it was an insured mortgage, so they had put down about 5%. They're coming up for renewal. Well, as we know, when you get an insured mortgage, the maximum amortization is 25 years. So they had 20 years left on their amortization. They received the renewal document from their lender, and of course, the payment is quite inflated. Well, all it took was for our office to run their application, find out that we could easily pre-approve them and approve them. Over at a different lender, extend the amortization. And we were actually able to get their payment to the same level that it was at previously. Now, certainly they're paying off more, they're paying off less principal and they're paying a bit more interest now. But the idea was. You know, they thought, well, am I stuck in this large amortization forever? No, the answer is when you come up for renewal again, we can certainly change that amortization. And that actually led the clients to decide to go with a one-year fix. They're really just going with what was affordable for the year, and they're anticipating rates will be down potentially. And they want to relook at potentially going to a more aggressive amortization once rates are down. So to your point, we're seeing a lot of that. Right now, I would say the key, key point for any mortgage person or any bank person that's working with mortgages is really trying to fit affordability in there and using all the tools that are necessary.
0: Yeah. And, you know, when we talk about the Bank of Canada, obviously, you know, we know that, that there potentially there's another increase looming, Dave, and you know, when people think about that, I they just don't know when it's going to freeze. And so at this time, a lot of times people are just saying, hey, look, at, we could see an increase in September and they may have to leave it that right there for quite a while. Yeah, and that's, you know, and
1: that's really where you talked about the education part. I mean, I, I have been, I, I'm screaming up and down, you know, when I'm talking to clients and also when I'm talking to my own team, my company. Um, I don't believe taking a five-year fixed, When you're looking past in the last 20 years, seeing that this five-year fix that we're looking at today that's available is only one of three times in the last 20 years it has hit this level. Um, I certainly am just not a big proponent of people panicking and going into a five-year fix because they think the rates may keep going up. I think we need to look at this as a long term. Five years is a long time. Um, The reality is this, if there is a much lower rate, potentially one, 2% lower over the next one, two, three years, you don't want to be in a five year fix, in my opinion. You want to be in something that's flexible, maybe a variable, maybe a one year fix so that when you come up for renewal in a year, you can see where rates are and then decide what you want to do. But, yeah, I mean, to your point, um, this is now a mortgage broker and a, and a banker's game. You need to be obviously showing your clients all the different tools. And you need to be trying to figure out how you can keep them in their home and keep their payments going and making sure they're not being locked into something that they're going to regret a couple of years down the road.
0: Yeah. no, oh, I think that's a great point. So um, guys, we're going to go to a quick break. Folks, when we come back, I'm going to have more with Tim Sirianos and Dave Butler. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, we call this the real estate talk triangle. And my panel is joining me every single month. Tim Sirianos, broker owner of Remax Ultimate former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board. I've got Dave Butler. You hear him here all the time. He is the broker owner of BM Select. And uh gentlemen, just before the break, we were talking about interest rates. But, you know, I'm going to open up a can of worms here. And uh Dave, I'll let you start, and then I'll get Tim's take on it. But... You know, one of the problems that I have with all this announcement and all the fear mongering that's running through the marketplace is that, you know, we forget that in 2021, we we completed more real estate transactions than we have ever historically. You know, we're over 120,000 transactions in the GTA area where I struggle with this is that. Dave, you and I both know a lot of those buyers went to a five-year fixed mortgage. So they've got this incredible low mortgage for the next four years. And then if we go backwards into 2020, you know, same thing. A A lot of good inventory got eaten up so really the people that are going to have a bit of an adverse effect you know if we're taking a look at it you know the end of 2017 well that was the biggest downturn in the market which we had less volume 2018 again a little bit stale we weren't running a huge amount of numbers in comparison to last year and so when i take a look at what mortgage renewals are coming up i think percentage wise you know, when you take a look at the average person that kind of plays around with these five year terms, you know, we've got a very small group that would have an adverse effect to this interest rate. So, Dave, what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, you kind of hit it there. I mean, you know, look, we we've talked about on the show before. 2018 was a very interesting year. We were coming off the 16s and 17 run up and then bring down. And certainly at some point in 2018, The five-year fixed rate was actually over 4%. I believe it hit about 409 or 404 before it started to come back down and stay in a healthy high threes area. So to your point, if you took out a mortgage, let's say in April of 2018, and you took it out at, let's say, 3.89, you're going to come up for renewal in the spring of 2023. And guess what? The rates aren't going to be that far off from where you were. Um, you know, the people that are obviously, you know, hurting right now are going to be people that took a variable in 2020 or 2021 with those low discounts, uh, sorry, the big discounts. So getting you that really low rate. Um, and for if they're with a bank where the payment uh, increases as crime increases, they're certainly feeling some payment shock. Um, but to your point, you know, I see a lot of these real estate bears jumping up and down saying, oh my God, you know, payment shock is going to be crazy for all these people coming up for renewals. I disagree. I think in 2023, I don't think you're going to have a lot of really crazy payment shock. I think if we go back and look at those originations from 2023, most of them probably have an average interest rate of over three and a half. So if at some point in 2023, you're seeing interest rates, potentially the fixed rates dropping in the fours, you're not talking about massive, massive differences. You're maybe looking at half a point to 1% potentially.
0: Yeah. And you know, why i bring it up is just sheer volume tim like you know when you and i took a look at the numbers and 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 we've done this every single year you know it's always kind of fun because you know i have that chat in january every year and and we normally throw down the gauntlet about you know who's closest to the number right it, it, david it's it, it's almost like tim and i get out a table right and we, we put our our betting chip right on uh, what number we think and and the funny thing is we're, we're both really close when we take a look at the not numbers. this year
2: yeah, this we're, year. No, we're both wrong. <laughs> oh God, I <laughs> we're
0: definitely, we're going to be way off on this one. But Tim, you know, when we talk about volume, you know, that was one of the things that, and, and why I bring it up is that there's a lot of people that bought in 21 that, you know, interest
2: rates were so low. I think they just locked it in and said, you know what, set it, forget it. And they don't have to worry about anything for the next four years. You know what we haven't heard here in the conversation is that the values of real estate then were a lot less than they were in the peak of 2022. Yeah. So, if you look at, you know, the debt ratios and, and what people borrowed with their amortizations and the interest rates and everything else, I mean, they bought at a much more favorable price than they did three, four, five years later. So we have to factor that as well into this. Sure. As long as they didn't refinance and use their home as the bank of, you know, real estate, yeah. then they're they're going to be fine. I mean, there are going to be some people who at this time, you know, at this peak, I think the short-term people are the ones that are, are being affected more so who are variable than the people who bought three years ago, two years ago, four years ago. Right. So people who went in and they bought, you know, uh, you know, unfortunately there, there are some real estate that is selling for three and $400,000 less um, today than it did five months ago. And if they're in a variable rate, they're affected. But the ones that bought, you know, three years ago, I just don't see it. We don't see it in our business. We track this information. We watch this information and people are not selling because the new interest rate environment they're selling because they see an opportunity to move up move out, move in, which we're seeing a lot of, by the way, moving back in a lot. Right. So um, I hope that helps.
0: Yeah. But, you, you know, when you take a look at also, um, you mentioned about the transactions. And, and the one thing that we can note is that there are still some neighborhoods that have not gone backwards. You know, like when we, if we t- take a look at August and this is, you know, a report just came in. They say, you know, some of the prices are off. Let's call it one percent from a year ago. But that means there's some prices that are up and and this is this is the thing this is this is where you know again i i I struggle with the reporting all the time you know we get you know you can you can turn around and we can throw out numbers we can throw out averages as we did even during the very beginning of COVID, right if you remember average price was down yes well that's because the people that
2: didn't need to sell weren't selling and they weren't selling the more expensive homes correct you know so i mean what's your take well listen if you try to do an average of an entire GTA market, you're you're asking for, you know, like saying, give me an average of the stock market. Like it just, <laughs> how's that going to work, right? Um, you have to be specific by neighborhoods. There are certain neighborhoods in Toronto, which have not been affected the same way. Uh, obviously, you know, due to their uh, constant demand, I always say Toronto proper has always been insulated from the general real estate market. Um, you know, usually you feel something in the center core of the city, and it's like a, a, a like a pebble in a pond. It ripples much greater as you start Pulls leaving the, the right. downtown core, right? And many times the 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 up in the market or the the rebound in the market starts from the center core as well. So that's something that um I'm, you know I have the benefit of actually witnessing in my career because our offices are all in downtown Toronto, and we see that kind of marketplace happen. So yeah, so right now. Um, the downtown core certain areas have been more insulated and have not seen the same type of price drops as certain outlying areas yeah and Dave I'm pretty sure from your end you're starting to see the appraisals and
0: and you know some of them are staying pat with the prices some you know some of the stuff I see come across our our table uh, you know in fact they're still up like i i was I was you know pleasantly surprised from some of the outer markets they've stayed strong they haven't even flexed yet. Um, so I don't know if you're seeing the same thing in on your end. Yeah, you kind of stole it from me.
1: I, I'm, I've been a little surprised and most of our team has been surprised as well. I mean, we, you know, going through that 2016 run up in 17 and then the 18 kind of come back down, we saw a lot of appraisal issues. I mean, we saw a, a new construction stuff that was finally closing. We were having major issues on and obviously areas where real estate had been run up quite a bit during that time. And then, you know, resales that were being bought. We were, you know, longer closings. We were finding, about appraisal issues so we actually warned our entire team that you know this you know after february with the rates going up we would likely see a lot of appraisal issues and every month i'm meeting with my managers and we're going over all the different files and what the issues are and believe it or not the appraisal issues are not some of the bigger issues Um, you know yeah certainly there's a couple a lot of them are in outlier areas uh, certainly to, to echo Tim, we're not seeing any appraisal issues on anything really in the GTA so far, especially in the in the inner GTA. Um, and, yeah, it's it's been surprising to me now. Certainly, I, I'm going to hold my breath a little bit on that and see how the September and October stuff kind of pans out. But certainly, yeah, this has been quite surprising that the values have held. But I mean, it's you know, when I look at this and I think we all go back to our same You know, thing I'm sure the listeners just just roll their eyes when they hear us say it. Supply demand. I mean, when you've got these crazy headlines about units are down 40 percent and then you go and look and you look at the prices and the values aren't down anywhere close to that. Not even close. um, That speaks to our supply, demand imbalance. That is the only reason why economically that is the only thing that actually makes sense. So um, appraisal issues we're seeing not as many as we thought. And that's been a pleasant surprise
0: yeah so um we're gonna go to a quick break but i know tim is chomping at the bit; he wants to throw in his two cents there um so folks just so you know if you're just tuning in this is simply real estate and this is our real estate talk triangle every single month with tim sirianos dave butler and myself todd c slater and you know what we're uh, gonna go to a quick break and hey by the way if you want to follow me you can follow me on instagram the simple investor one and uh, try to keep you up to date on what's going on in the real estate market, especially coming now from our new headquarters out in Burlington. So when we come back, we've got more. So stay with us, we'll be right back. And welcome back. So this is our final section of the show called the Real Estate Talk Triangle. And Tim Sirianos with me from Remax Ultimate Broker Owner, Former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board, Dave Butler. He is the broker owner at um, BM Select. And Tim, Dave, and I were just you know going off about what's going on with certain parts of the market. I saw you, uh, you since you're finally you're here. I can see you, you yes. say, Todd, but I, I, I,
2: you know, tag me in, tag me in. <laughs> Thank you so much. I mean, we haven't discussed. We we just touched on supply and demand and rolling people rolling their eyes. Yep. But what people need to know that right now, um, that supply issue is an issue because. Uh, part of the market that's taken a hit has been the pre-construction market where people have actually looked at it and said, well, wait a minute here, I'm not going to, you know, hop in this market anymore. I'm not going to invest anymore or buy here anymore. And um, I guess what's happening is a lot of the builders are are actually pushing out their launches now to the spring of 2023. So you know, we have to be care, we have to be careful what we wish for, you know, when you have material costs, when you have employment, inflation, all these things they're realizing and, and, and again. I know we're in the middle of, uh, you know, a new mayor, you know, possible election and everything else. <laughs> but when you have 50% increase in development charges, all these are being, you know, material costs, employment, inflation, all of this is being passed on to the end consumer. Am I right? Yep. So what we have right now is, is builders saying, look, the market is not what it was. We're not able to build, projecting to build three, five years out at these same costs. Um, let's hold off a second here. Let's reevaluate. Let's have inventory move first. Let's see what we have left and then enter the marketplace. So that's just going to add to the supply issue when you have that happening. And I won't touch on the rental. Um, okay. Cause you know what, okay, t- Tim, I'm chomping at the bit here. Not I'm not going to, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, uh, I'll let you comment, but it's like, it's no different from what I understand in, yeah. in, you know, uh, purpose built. You know, people have pulled back from that too, which is also not going to help our rental market, yeah. right? So, anyways, I'll, I'll stop there because so Dave, you're looking
0: at me, Dave. If I had a bell, I'd be dinging it right now because I, <laughs> I got, I got, I got to tag in here for a second because I do want to talk about what Tim did talk about. Yeah, we got a mirror race coming up. Uh, you know, uh, the good mayor wants to say he's increasing density. Okay, let's let's, let's finally rip off this bandaid because I'm I'm I am so sick and tired of of the misreporting on all of this. And let's talk about the real. The real monkey in the room. So, you know, you get the Bank of Canada, they turn around, you know, they're helping the federal government control the real estate market because the federal government couldn't figure it out. Dave, you and I both know we always tell the government stay out of our business. But no, they can't do that. They, they think that they can earn votes by dropping prices, making things affordable. Yep. Yeah, You know, you encourage the Fed to you, the Bank of Canada to turn around, get the interest rates up. Yeah, they want to keep blaming, you know, inflation and try to offset all sorts of stuff. So here's what ends up happening. They create an absolute catastrophic position because what they've done is we drop our inventory, just like Tim said. You know what? It's, it's not that we don't have, you know, houses that are there that people are willing to sell. They've just decided they're not going to sell. It doesn't make sense. Why make a move? Interest rates are up. So you know what? They're happy. So what happens? We don't list as much property. Then you have the builders turn around and say, look, it's going to cost me too much to build this stuff. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a a pause on it. Six thousand doors in the GTA have been paused, basically saying we're not even going to take your deposit now. So six thousand doors. Now, when you think about some of those would have been rentals. So we just kissed all the rentals goodbye. Then you've got more new immigrants coming in because the Fed just opens up the gates. You got five hundred thousand of. New people coming into Canada, they need to rent. So what do we have? We now have a massive uptick in rent pricing. We have no inventory, nothing purpose-built, and so what we have is this catastrophic situation. Like the private sector was doing a better job solving it than the government did, and now they've just basically squashed that opportunity. So, Dave, I don't know. Am I am I just ranting on here, or am I close?
1: No, I mean I, I just read an article. I think it was this morning that uh, 2030 or 2033. I, I forgive me, but 30 um, percent increase in Ontario's population. Uh, we're, we you, we all know. There is no chance that the government will be able to build that many homes in that time to house these people. And that's 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 more immigration led. We're talking about with what you guys are talking about now is just simple units that would have been ready for regular people that are that are living here and some immigrants coming in. What are we going to do? Uh, And I think that's the you know, that's the testament when you look at the run up, the vertical run-up that we had and then you see interest rates and you see the you know you see effectively the units drop but not the price that needs to be the canary in the coal mine for anyone that's got an ep- economic background to be able to see this is a problem and it is not getting better in the short term and in the long term
2: sorry that i threw a grenade here you know <laughs> no, you should this is this is i just lit up this whole interview right so look i mean i know it's tough uh you know everybody's trying to find a solution and you know we we hear and read the headlines that builders are charging uh, or trying to edit their purchase and sale agreements with past transactions um you know i'm not saying that i'm taking this out of the builder i just want to be realistic here and talk about the obvious you know of an eight percent inflation rate and a, and, a, and a guaranteed you know uh contract that they have to actually build uh something that they can no longer build right so Uh, we have to look at, you know, what costs are involved and what the city can do, what all levels of government, what all levels of government can do to incentivize, you know, developers and, you know, investor, investing is not a bad word, right? Investors are not in bad people. They're actually, you know, there's, there's thousands of homes around the same percentage every single year, whether it's a hundred thousand sales a year or 121,000 sales a year. It's the same percentage of builders who are walking in And buying a property which needs to be either knocked down and completely infilled and they're bringing back to the market a green you know uh new they're improving the neighborhood they're doing landscaping it's these are all good things we cannot look at them as being negative all the time and um it's interesting yesterday we had a meeting with our own team sitting out on a patio you know kind of a birthday get together and we're talking about just how everybody is in this, not in my backyard, you know, attitude, right? So it's, and they're, they were sharing with me how they're experiencing it on a day-to-day basis, not in my backyard. Everybody wants to build, but not in my backyard. So we have to get to the point where the government says, you know, we need to look at making it more cost-effective and help people, not with free money. I'm not in agreement with free money or super long amortizations. That's not what I'm going with this. Get the builders to put shovels in the ground. So we can fix this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Uh, Dave. So closing thoughts for us. Well, you know what? Uh, Closing thoughts are this.
1: As you guys heard before, for the last couple of months, I've been talking about how the bond yields, which are tied to the fixed rates, have been coming down quite a bit since June. Um, And that was a signal almost to most that uh, institutional capital, the billions of dollars that are behind that, were kind of pricing in a recession or that the fixed rates, they were looking to see some fixed rates drop. Um, The reality is this, the last two weeks, the bond yields have been up quite a bit. Um, Now, is that... Uh, you know, is that big money pricing in now this new September move? I don't think so. I think possibly it's some traders running it up as well. We will see, but, you know, again, always keep your eye on those bond yields. That's something that myself and my office keep, you know, it's literally pasted on our uh we have it all bookmarked on all our on our on all our laptops and computers. Um, that's the number one thing for us to be looking at. We know the Bank of Canada is going to make their move upward. We already know all that. But the key really is keeping your eye on the bond yields because that's tied to the fixed rates. And I think that's really, really the the number one thing we all need to look at over the next coming months. And obviously I'll be reporting as I'm on the show, letting everyone know where I think they're going. And um, you know we're obviously we are headed you know going into 2023 with interest rates.
2: Yeah, and Tim. So I'm going to I'm going to step in here and say that we're going to have a volume type of fall market, not a financial, you know, price increase up a fall market, which is something that I've always preferred than having spikes in in values. We are going to see more volume in the fall, but we're not we're going to fall, you know, greatly off where You know, both Todd and I thought we were going to be by the end of the year. Um, You you know, I I have that number written down at my home office desk and uh, I'm off by at least 10 to 15% off that, (laughs) you know. so But I also uh, went back and listened to my podcast and I did say, there is something here that I cannot bet on. And that is what the government does. And that's my way out. Yeah. But 2023, <laughs> 2023 is going to be, um, is where we're going to really see the the much improved marketplace. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Well, listen guys, thanks so much for this today. Greatly appreciate you coming in, uh, Tim and Dave. Thanks for taking some time away from your, your, your trip and, and joining us and uh, folks, you know what? That's a wrap. Wow. This was so much fun. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're working with our studio now. It's been a, amazing pleasure having Tim join me. I can't wait to have Dave and Tim in the same room next month when we do this again. But I do want to thank Ian Grant. He is, uh, he is kind of keeping it real for us out there and making it simple for me. I do want to thank my producers in-house, though, Omar and Jeremy, You know, they're uh, my new producers here in-house and it's awesome. So we got a great team doing this. And most importantly, I want to thank you for tuning in, making us the number one real estate talk show. And of course, I'll be back next Sunday as usual. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010 Toronto.